Welcome to Six Picks Music Club, a music podcast for millennials mowing their lawns. What's up, everybody? I'm Dave, and I'm here with my buddies Jeffro. Hey there. And Russ. How you doing? And each week we pick two songs around a theme, and because there's three of us, conventional math gets us to six. But before we get the doors open in the club, we need a password for the week. Who's got the password, guys? Is it Wham Bam Eat Some Yams? <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yams are on the menu tonight. Everybody scoot in. It's a small clubhouse for the time being. Let's let's get into the corners. Thanks for joining us. We've got news of the week. We've got crying in your car to Blink-182 songs. For first-time listeners, which is literally everyone at this point, we're going to discuss a playlist of six songs that fit our theme. Seeing that this is our debut episode, we thought it would be cool to give you our top six debut singles. And just to give you a little bit of background on how we've been doing this podcast, we've been recording for a couple of months now. This is our first one, and the news is probably going to be a little bit stale. So you, you probably already know all these things that have happened. And I, I don't even know if this uh, first couple we talk about is even still a couple. So um, we'll just have to see how it goes. Um, and uh, Happy New Year to everyone. You officially made it through the holiday season and without murdering your families. We don't officially have distribution within the penal system just yet. Uh, we're still working on a sponsor there, but uh, we're pretty confident you're okay. Yeah, or they just haven't caught you yet. So uh, maybe keep laying low and listen to these first four episodes. The news of this week has been largely around the culmination of the spirits in the NFL and the spirits of popular music as Taylor Swift has taken over the universe and uh, taken on uh, a Kelsey brother as her main squeeze, uh, promoting his jersey sales up 400%. Did you see this? I did see that. And uh, I'm sure that the NFL welcomes this whole new market of young Taylor Swiftians that... Uh... Does she have like a fan club name like Beyonce's is the Beehive? They're called Swifties. That's right. Swifties. Swifties. They're very quick about things. Uh, I did hear a, a story uh, about how she grew up as a Patriots fan and that this is a uh, Bill Belichick uh, scheme to ultimately break Travis Kelsey just at the time that they get into the playoffs and then ruin their Super Bowl hopes to win again. That would be pretty great. I heard that she grew up in an Indiana town and she had a good looking mom that never was around. <laughs> um, here, Okay, I have a hypothetical about the whole Swift thing, Swift Kelsey thing. If the American public found out that it was actually a love triangle involving Jason Kelsey... Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. So it was all three of them, two brothers, and they all loved each other. What would the American public do with that? Would they embrace it or would they reject it? She is America's sweetheart. And if anyone could bring thropolism into the mainstream, I think it would be her. So, yeah, is that polygyny? Uh, I don't think that's how you say it. <laughs> I think it is, bro. Polygyny is the broader term that applies to all multiple partner 
multiple same-sex partners and then another partner situations and polygamy is just the many women to one dude but polygyny is is it could be multiple dudes and one woman but we have incestuous polygyny in this case which is pretty baller if you ask me and if you ask pornhub.com they think it's cool too <laughs> and that's what you're going to get here on six picks music a man in canada with a phd who's going to explain to you the ins and outs of thropolism <laughs> excuse me today's course will be about thropolism <laughs> All right, everyone, I need 10 pages on my desk by the end of the week. Thropolism is off topic. Guys, I, I have to have to intervene here to correct myself, okay? So, when a man is married to more than one wife at the same time, that's polygyny. When a woman is married to more than one husband at a time, it's polyandry. And polygyny and polyandry are both forms of polygamy. Thank you. I will now accept the Nobel Prize. All right. So that's the news today. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you got to tell me, what's this about? What are we crying to Blink-182 about? What are, what's this? Okay. So I have a drive time commute that's like at least 45 minutes, three mornings out of the week. And usually... When I'm not listening to your six picks, I'm tuned in to Satellite Radio, Sirius Satellite Radio. They're not sponsoring us. But I was listening to Lithium. I just dropped off my two boys at school. The very first song that comes on is Bulls on Parade, Rage Against the Machine. And it, it chan I channeled when I first saw the video and I was like pumped and I'm like driving fast, you know, making some dastardly moves to jump in line so I can get on the Gardner Expressway faster up here in Toronto. Bulls on Parade ends, slips right into Blink-182, Adam's song. Okay, <laughs> Adam's song. I wouldn't say that I've ever liked that song, but I was like tuned in. I left it on. I was kind of going on a little nostalgia roller coaster, and then I was like really keying in on the words. And it's just about a kid that commits suicide. And I was, just, and it's a boy. And he remember the time he spilled the apple juice in the hall. And I was like, I immediately started thinking about my boys, who I was already thinking about because of Bulls on Parade. And then I got the leaky. I got leaky to Blink One Eighty Two, and felt <laughs> utter shame. I just felt only shame about it. And then I was like, I was like, oh my God, I'm, am I the only 40 year old man that has cried to this song in their car in the entire wide world? I maybe. Right. And then luckily we transitioned out of that to Gavin Rossdale and Bush's come down, which was just like, I think it was my song of 95, but by the way, Bush, hard-working band, hard-working band, but I listened to Come Down, so this, I think, completed a cycle, because we went from high energy, and then crying suicide, suicide song, to, hey man, times are good, I don't want to come down off this cloud, but yeah, dude, I, uh, I, I got a little leaky to the Blink-182 suicide song. The wife and I, uh... 
will go on sort of nostalgia music video runs. For whatever reason, we got into a, uh, I think we started with that that video for Lynn, Still My Sunshine. So it's in that sort of like early aughts, you know, late 90s kind of phase. Anyway, uh, the video that got us sort of like feeling leaky-eyed was uh, Sugar Ray's Someday. Do you remember that song? Someday when my life has passed me by, I lay around and wonder why. You were always there for me. Blam, 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 right, blam. right, right, right. And like, <laughs> it's just this, this, uh, this interesting thing where you're like, wow, that's a lot deeper than I ever thought Mark McGrath could be. Like, I never really, I never really gave it that. I think he's a smart and very pragmatic musician. In fact, Mark McGrath, because the rest of their records are like punk ska, but they, in on each of them, they have one of these songs that was a hit. That's just very friendly and very accessible. Yeah. And, and yeah. And you're like, oh, dude, I'm going to buy that. I want more songs like that. And you buy it and it's just like, <laughs> did you guys emo bang right after you watched that video? Did you have a weepy HJ? <laughs> oh, weepy HJ. That's. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> No, I, she went to bed and I just like emo baited. I just like cried and yanked myself. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, that's our segment on Jeff's commute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> Every episode, we're going to talk about six songs, each of us bringing two to the table, uh, matching a theme for us to listen to and then talk about. And this week's theme, we picked singles from debut records that we thought were awesome. And of our two selections, we picked one old and one new uh, song, meaning, you know, one from current generation and then one from millions of years stone age old farts like us except for me who picked one in 2014 and that was my old one <laughs> well you've just broken all the rules so it's fine well you know it's uh the what are rules really except for things to break <laughs> <laughs> okay do you guys want to dive in let's go jeff you did uh pick out a couple of great songs i think i think you should uh i think you should kick us off this week uh did you want to go with your your old song or your new song to start i'll talk my old song first and uh, what I try to do when I imagine a debut single and greatness is that it's it's hitting the world and the world must be like, what is this? Like, how how is this? How is this happening? Right. And I imagine that that's what people did the first time they heard Jackson 5's I Want You Back. come out and it's a child it's a bunch of children but like one super child and michael jackson singing and the first song is just an absolute banger dude the bass line do 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 right and i mean just in the pantheon of songs that that give me 
unmitigated joy. This is this is up there. This is a Mount Rushmore of joy songs for me. If I hear it on at a party, I I have to dance to it. If I'm getting sleepy, I'll wake up. Right. If there's an opportunity to sing it, I will belt. And uh, I imagine that in the kind of disco soaked era that it emerged from that it was like the mid seventies that people, it was the mid seventies. I actually don't really know the year it came out. Russ 69. Shut up. Oh, 1969. What's even going on? Everything, everything's going on, but it's like acid rock in this, this kid band that is funky and kicking ass. How old was Michael Jackson at this point? Do you know, are you looking at it? No, I'm not looking at it. I was just wondering. It's a song about a girl, right? I mean, like he's singing about his girlfriend or whatever. But all of his songs are about girls, and he we know that he's 11. He was 11. Yeah, he he wants the girl to sh- show him that he loves show show me that you love me, and then you know he wants them back. I don't think that Michael Jackson's ever gonna get America's heart back after what we've seen in the documentary. But I think that we could still place us in a time. 1969 when this came out and this would have been pretty big stuff. The second one, you got to put yourself in, in the coming out of the pandemic times, right? There's a bit of a malaise music for me at the time was boring ish because there was just, it felt like there was no joy in the world and no joy in culture. That's, I just kind of had, I think like everybody else had that feeling and we were tuned in to, again, Sirius Satellite Radio, not a sponsor of the pod. And this song comes on, Chase Long by Wet Leg. Is your muffin buttered? Would you like us to assign someone to butter your muffin? Excuse me. So I see the title of it with the name of the song. And I was like, wet leg, what the hell kind of, and it's like, do, 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 And mommy, daddy, look at me. I went to school and I got the degree. All my friends call it the big D. I went to school and I got the big D. And I was like, what the hell is this? It's just so out of nowhere and like nothing else that was going on at the time. It was fun, weird, light. There was like kind of a talk down and then there's the chorus that rocks and it was just like, it blew my mind and I, and I end up loving the whole record. Of course, we've seen them live now. Um, great live show, wet leg, but they're just these like two, kind of they used to be folk artists from the Isle of Wight that are cut off from the whole world just goofing and they bring their goofy act to us and pull us out of the pandemic. So uh one of the greatest debut singles of all time. It was crazy how big they were. Like they came out of nowhere and then all of a sudden everybody was talking about them. It was just it was wild to me and then uh what was the next single? Was it Wet Dream maybe? Yeah, Wet Dream. And then it's too late as another one. It's too late as another of the singles. They have they have a few, and uh, your mom is one of them. Um, but they're all pretty good. The album is great, I think, um, and I eagerly await their sophomore record. But 
I think it's because everybody was just looking for like the world to let up a bit. Like, could we just have some fun or whatever? Things suck. And this was like, these people are having fun. They were the darlings of South by Southwest in uh, the spring of 2021. That's a fun record for sure. That's a great choice. I think the thing that laces through my two picks are joy. I would have said happy and horny. <laughs> That's what I would have said. That, yeah, those are great things, dude, to be happy and to, yeah, just you should be horizontal now, Russ. Right. That's it. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, great picks there, uh, Jeff Rowe. Thank you, Dave. Uh, seriously. Thank you, Dave. Seriously, I think those are great picks. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like it. Thank you, Dave. Coming up to you, Russ. Russ, what do you got for us today? We got uh, picks two and three, or three and four. Okay, so I definitely did not pay attention to what we're supposed to be doing, and I just did my own thing. So uh, <laughs> that's just how it's going to go. When you said old and established, you guys meant like old and established, and I just went for someone who had more than one album. And, uh, <laughs> and then for a debut single i was not thinking the first single i was thinking the single i liked the most so i picked that so i'm gonna go for uh 2014 royal blood self-titled the song is 10 ton skeleton I see Royal Blood is a two-piece band consisting of Mike Kerr, who's on uh, bass and vocals, and Ben Thatcher, who's drums. They're both from Brighton. Uh, the debut record is like a raw, high-paced, high-energy rock album with sick riffs and vocals that cut through this wall of sound. What's cool is that uh, Mike Kerr splits his bass signal through uh, several pedals, like a fuzz noise suppressor, and then I think three octave pedals. Two of them go to guitar amps, and then one is like a lower one that goes to a bass amp. And he pretty much is a bass player who's a, also a guitar player. I don't know, he just creates this really massive sound with his rig. So he's he's playing everything, but it sounds like you've got two guitars and a bass player happening from just what he's doing on the bass. Anyway, so when I, when I choose a song, I guess I, I think, how does it make me feel? And, uh, and that song more so than any song on that album, which I think, I mean, I can listen to that album straight through, which is great, but uh, that song makes me want to dance or, I don't know, head shake or... Get you moving. Yeah, yeah, man, I just like, I just, I like it. And I, I like the album from start to finish, but that's the song that just sticks with me the, the most. You know, it's a, it's a, like a love gone bad song and, you know, the narrator doing heroin, so, uh, or some kind of injection drug, I don't know. Yeah, I listened to it for the first time in the in the van today on the commute back. You know, I was banging to it a bit. It's a, it's an, it's a banger, you know, and uh, made me want to drive fast and uh, make some passes. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's strong. I'd like to listen to the rest of their offerings. My second one is is off of the Dead Poet Society album, their debut album from 2021. It's a symbol album, a hyphen, an exclamation point, and another hyphen. But I'm just going to call it the exclamation album. This is In Too Deep.
Man, I love the vulnerability of the band. I feel like these guys are just trying to make it and, and they're, you know, and like this song in particular, just being an artist and he talks about uh, people are telling him that the music he makes is like good 10 to 12 years ago, but is not popular now and struggling with it. And um, then comparing the, the life of being a musician to that of an addict, got the highs, but he's in too deep. So he can't get out because he's already like, this is what he's doing. His friends are all buying houses. And I mean, I remember being young and trying to do stuff as an artist. I don't know. It just, it, it's, I relate to it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, as um, I feel like a lot of people have come to us with the same kind of criticisms. You know, we're obviously very talented and raw <laughs> podcasters with a new podcast, and they're saying, hey, there's a lot of material out there. What do you think? You're going to just come in. And and when I was listening to this song, I did, I did that resonated with me as a, as a talented but raw podcaster. Uh, <laughs> It's a massive weight. <laughs> I feel like there's a, a theme we've kind of touched on a little bit in kind of just other conversations talking about how the there's the chip on our shoulder kind of uh, approach to things like, oh, people say that we're no good or like our music is good for us, but it's not good for everyone else kind of thing. There's another track on the record, I think, where it's a recording of uh, the, the dude playing a song or after he played a song for a lady friend or something. And, and she says, yeah, you know, it's like it's a good song. Like it sounds like one of your songs, but they all sound the same. They're right. all like this. Uh. It's like you start real heavy and then you get real soft and then it's like, and then, you know, but it's, it's good for you. <laughs> it's just like, Oh man, is there anything that hurts more than the criticism? Like if you play a song for somebody and they go, I don't know that band, all their music sounds the same to me. That's the ultimate like diss to me. Yep. Yep. You know, it's, yeah. it, you're just saying like, I love the band Beach House. I'm a just an enormous Beach House fan. But people that listen to them, they just go like, "Oh, Beach House's music sounds the same." No, it doesn't. You dumb, yeah, uncultured, blocks for <laughs> ears, moron. You know, like just just be open. No, I, I had tickets to a Beach House show, and uh, I asked my wife, "Hey, do you want to go to this show?" And she's like, who is it? It's Beach House. She's like, I can sleep at home for free. Like, oh. Yeah, all right, cool. I'll take someone else. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> I know. It's like, all right. It's a little slow. But uh, this uh, Dead Poet Society is definitely not slow, Russ. I, I would uh, I would say they, they are rock and roll. So these guys have been putting out music for eight years. They've got singles dating back forever. But this is like, this was their first album. Uh, so I struggled with finding the the debut single for this one, because there are songs on this album that came out in the 2010s somewhere like uh, American blood. I was thinking about doing, but came out in 2018. So this was the actual first single for this album. I actually followed the rules this time. No, you didn't. <laughs> All right. So is there a theme connecting your songs there, Russ, other than just being like fucking rock songs, heroin, heroin. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I feel yeah. like that's a connects a lot of them. Love heroin. Also, uh, vocals are somewhat similar, though. I think Dead Post Society, his vocals are just, the range is incredible. It's another world. There's that breakdown where he's, his voice is already high, and then he's singing like falsetto. I think it should be called, in his case, true setto. <laughs> There's nothing false about it for me, guys. Hell yeah, thanks. No, they were new to me, so it's good to, good to, good to get a new one in the list. 
All right. So for the songs I picked, I uh, I went way back uh, in the Wayback Machine. There was a little bit of fudging the numbers on on some of these. The first pick I have is a is a Crosby, Stills, Nash track off of their self-titled debut record, Crosby, Stills, Nash. The first single off of that record is technically the Marrakesh Express. Well, that track wasn't released until like four months after the record came out. So they released the record and then four months later, they released a single. And so I kind of feel like the first track off the record, Sweet Judy Blue Eyes, is the first song that people heard off of this record because it was the first song on the record. And then they did release it as a single later. So I'm I'm going to say I mean you know how I feel about about these single rules and when when and how you pick them. Yeah, that you just shouldn't follow any of them into to the point of disorder is the way you <laughs> feel about it. Yeah, we know that. I'm ready to discuss either song. Just do it. Okay, okay. It's Sweet Judy Blue Eyes. Don't let the past Remind us of what we are not now I am not leaving I am yours You are mine You are what you are You make it hard Sweet Judy Blue Eyes is... is, uh... It's such a great song. This album also came out in 1969. Very different from uh, from the Jackson Five. Crosby, Stills, Nash is uh, an early uh, kind of folk rock supergroup of David Crosby, Graham Nash, and Stephen Stills, all coming from other bands. And this track was this four part song that Stephen Stills wrote about the impending breakup of his relationship with Judy Collins who uh, had started to fall in love with uh, a dude that she was uh, on stage with at a Shakespeare festival in New York. And, um, and he was pretty devastated by it. And so it's this, this really epic story of, of uh, you know, unrequited love and, and feeling lost and, and wanting to get things back. And then it crescendos into this crazy, almost gibberish like they they do the last verse and the last part of it in 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 spanish just because they don't want people to understand what they're saying these three dudes are all playing guitar so it's just like this this epic kind of guitar sound with uh all these harmonics and and uh it took my heart by storm it's a real journey the song it's a journey it's seven and a half minutes long baby it is it is it is the uh the single version they cut almost in half at four and a half minutes they pulled like the third or second and fourth verse out of the first piece and then the third and the fourth out of the lat or the third rather. Uh, but uh, this is actually the first concert I went to. There was a double bill in 1996 at Starplex with these guys in Chicago. So, man, that song reminds me of uh, of riding in the in a truck with my dad as a kid because he loved them. God, I listened to a lot of Crosby, Steals, Nash, and Young. He loved Young too. He would always play whatever music he had, and um, I think it's where I got a lot of my early foundation for like the the old sixties and seventies music that I know just came from him, and especially on those rides, and definitely a lot of Crosby, Steals, and Nash. Hell yeah, I love this band. I love this song. This whole record is great. Um, the last pick of the six pack, I went with another super group. Another super group. Yeah, that was kind of my theme. Super group. Uh, a group uh, called Boy Genius. I'm surprised you didn't go with Temple of the Dog. 
While I didn't meet the uh, the timeline criteria, uh, first off. Well, apparently the rules don't really matter, so you could have done it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is actually a pretty great record. Ever so creatively named The Record. And it came out in March of this year. I picked the song True Blue. And it feels good to be This is another super group with Julian Baker, Phoebe Bridgers, and uh, Lucy Dacus. Hey, r- random non-story. I sat next to the the best friend of Lucy Dacus's mom on an airplane this year. But go ahead. I'm curious about that at some point. All they need to do is subscribe to our Patreon page and they can hear this bonus content. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I'm going to tell you about Marge, Lucy Dacus's mom's friend's conversation with me. Um, yeah, so so this is a, a, a group of women that just kind of, they were all coming up at the same time and um, sort of knew each other through the industry, had played shows uh, independently, but like it, at the same time and... and uh, and just kind of connected over this idea of like, oh, I'm a fan of yours and oh, I'm a fan of yours and, and started a couple of email threads, text threads. And and uh, and two of the women were uh, wanting to work together. And so they they booked a co-build show and said, well, let's write a song together so we can por- perform together. And and then it just kind of worked out that they said, well, you know, we're going to we're going to write this record in four days. And and uh, and then and then they released um, these three songs as the um as the first kind of single uh that uh they they did as like a video like they did this music video that they titled the film uh to go along with the record and uh, as the twenty dollars emily i'm sorry and true blue was the last track off of the singles that they released at the same time so it's still one of the first singles released but technically if you were to listen to them the first single would have been the twenty dollars which i'm also happy to discuss but uh, True Blue is a, is a track that, that I think is particularly um, uh, relevant to this band uh, because it is, it's a, it's a track about uh, just about real, pure, you know, love and affection for, for someone that, you know, doesn't necessarily have to be romantic love. It can be just platonic. It can be like friends that, that you see and you can be yourself around and, and, and just have honest, real connections with. And, the way that they they weave their their different song uh, writing styles together is is pretty fantastic, and you know you would you would listen to this record and think, you know, it doesn't sound like any one of them individually. It's just it's this whole amalgamation of of all of their talents kind of pulled together, and and I I think it's pretty kick ass. So um, that's why I picked it. So do they write? Are they like a collective? Who? How do they decide who's singing? And then like who? You know, it feels like they're just writing the songs together, and then they assign one of them because they're all singer songwriters. They're three singer songwriters in the same group. Their initial approach was they they each brought a song that was finished, and they brought a song that was unfinished, and so they would play that finished song and let the others kind of like fill in where they felt it was appropriate and the one that was unfinished they worked on together and they fleshed out to to be a fully realized idea it sounds it sounds like a very clever and structured 
project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, connecting them even back to um, uh, uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, they uh, they did it uh, like a, a pictorial homage to the, the CSN uh, cover for their first EP. So the cover of their EP oh, is... Oh, that's what you did. The three of them kind of sat on the porch in a very similar uh pose there i see dave dave did a lot of thinking on the toilet for his two picks like he was he was making a lot of connections in the bathroom there was like yarn connecting different things you know (laughs) (laughs) he was like he was having like aha moments he's circle on david crosby's head in red ink all the way going, <laughs> connecting it to phoebe bridgers his beautiful mustache (laughs) connecting out to everybody I lost eight pounds, like shitting the liquid out of my butthole for the last <laughs> oh two days. You guys don't understand. It's like literally eight pounds lighter. Dude, congratulations. I know. It's like a huge thing. You should come over here and spit in my mouth. Oh my God. Use some of that. <laughs> oh <God. I> only... <laughs> um, yeah, Phoebe Bridgers has a funny radio program called Saddest Factory Radio. So if you say it all together, it's Satisfactory Radio. Uh, which I think is funny, but, the overall, I wouldn't say that I'm the greatest big fan of the, that style of music, the, the kind of like folk thing, but she's definitely like kind of punk as fuck at the same time and kind of cool. And so I, I, I'm big Phoebe Bridgers herself fan. The other two I know less well, uh, I know some of Lucy Dacus's music, but the, but yeah, the uh, the Boy Genius Project certainly has a, a great deal of fanfare. People, they're like the big thing, man. Like, this is a super group that's really flying high. Well, that's going to do it for us this week at Six Picks Music. Click the Spotify link in the show notes to dive deeper into all the songs we talked about today and let us know in the chat what your favorites were. Join us next week where we get under the covers talking about songs we love and the artists that also love them enough to make their own version. It's a three-way love affair. Hit the like and subscribe buttons to stay up to date on all our new episodes. We want to thank our producer, Jenny Talia, our editor, Craven Moorhead, and special thanks to Dixie Rect for making sure that all of our craft services were taken care of today. You guys take care and keep jamming.